Aren't you going to wear the ribbon? No, oh, never. But I'm wearing the ribbon. He's wearing the ribbon. We are all wearing the ribbon. So why aren't you going to wear the ribbon? This is America. I don't have to wear anything I don't want to wear. Stop yelling at me. You have fought valiantly. My God. Anyway. Oops. Eat your heart out. Please clap. No more comments. This is the Brian Suits Show. And some Southern KTG Brian Suits here, and some uh, national news that may break. You're you're on notice between now and Friday. The the actual uh, Roe v. Wade challenge uh, opinion, the the uh, final decision with the majority opinion may may break uh, between now and Friday. Uh, don't worry though, uh, because the left has already announced that uh, active or disruptive protests is what they have in mind. But uh, hey, look over there, everyone. January 6th committee or something. Uh, AM 770 uh, KTTH. Uh, a couple of homicides here in the Northwest uh, in the Seattle Everett area, but nobody saw nothing uh, and uh, no information. So that's a Anyway, back in a second, AM 770 KTTH. Let's get to work with our right-way traffic. AM 770 KTTH. Well, it's been a couple hours. We still don't know nothing. Uh, out of Everett, two dead, one in the hospital in serious condition. And uh, it the, the house where the shooting happened in Everett uh, yesterday is described as a nuisance house, which is our uh, code word for a drug house here in the Northwest. Um, in a in a in a very drug housey sort of way, uh, some a person a a a begunned person a befirearmed person uh, shot to uh, an attempted murder on a third, and they disagreed and survived uh, barely. Otherwise, n- nobody saw nothing. And so at that point, I mean, not that it's not it's not you know the media's fault. It's not ever ever police's fault. They they asked for hey, can we get a PIO there? Everett, you know, takes a PIO to the scene. He stands there and he, he doesn't he doesn't know nothing. But uh, here's a here's a painful exchange uh, about this double murder in uh, Everett yesterday. Oh wait, I guess I guess painful only if I turn the uh, thingy up on the doohickey. Is it one one gunman or one shooter or we're still yeah sorry about that we're still working to fi- to solve that information. Uh, we're the. Uh, the wounded individual it was not in any condition to tell us a whole yet, quite, whole lot quite yet. So we have an officer with him, and as we learn more, we'll we'll do our best to share it. Mm-hmm. Do you know that is the shooter a man or a woman? We're not ready to release any suspect information yet. Okay. Okay. And then, um... and spoiler alert: let me let me save everybody three more minutes of, of this. They don't know anything, and they don't have a suspect. If they had suspect information, there'd be a bolo. There would be a be on lookout. Um, but nobody, nobody saw nothing is uh, what they're dealing with, uh, here, which is so druggy. Um, uh, let's, let's, I'll, I'll fast forward to the big finish. In the house yet. Mm-hmm. And then there was a two-tone truck that was mentioned to us. Is that part of this investigation? And it was related to maybe something that happened yesterday too? Uh, no, we don't have anything to say on that yet. I mean, we always keep an open mind in any case we investigate. We aren't ruling it out that it could be associated with a previous case, but this one would have anything to confirm. So nobody saw nothing. Nobody knows nothing. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I get it. It's not Everett PD's fault. And, and it's not Joel Moreno's fault. He 
he did his job. But uh, if I were in Everett, I would want to know, are, are you saying you don't have uh, physical on, on the person uh, who, who stole the cheesecake, as it were? I see someone actually walking away with a cheesecake there after the Cheesecake Factory was looted. Unclear where they may have gotten that, but... Waiting for Seattle police to get back to us on that cheesecake, uh, on that one, but uh, from a year ago. Um, but uh, so so anyway, you know, that, er, they don't even have a, uh, a heads up on that. And if there is, uh, we'll, we'll get it to you. Uh, everybody, you know, the uh, during the housing boom of the early 2000s here in Seattle, um, when everything was going up everywhere, there was one place where it was going down. And that's where I chose to live for a year when I get back from Bosnia. After being in, in, in Bosnia, Del Ridge looked like Paris to me. So I was in Del Ridge and didn't uh, didn't know what a crap hole it was. Well, anyway, yesterday morning, twelve twenty a.m. We now, love our listeners in Del Ridge. I love them all. all. But you know what? My next door neighbor was a longshoreman, making money hand over fist. Oh my God, those guys have such a life. Oh, those those hardworking blue collar jobs that are like low two hundreds. Um. Huh. Uh, anyway. Uh, and and I, I know what you're saying, though. Why is he living in Delbridge? Well, he didn't for long. But uh, so so uh, anyway, uh, huge englantments, huge homeless englantments. The the uh, the the people that are sparked and unhoused um, are all over Delbridge. Uh, twelve twenty. Well, there's one fewer today. Nine one one yesterday morning at twelve twenty. Someone had been shot in an englantment near Twenty Sixth and Southwest Juno, right there, the heart of the Delbridge. And I I prom- I swear I live four blocks away from there. A couple blocks from um, South uh, High School. Uh, Officers arrived and located the male shooting victim who had sustained significant injuries. He was declared dead at the scene and all that. Uh, Well, guess what? Um, No one saw nothing because it's a homeless englantment. So there's there's that. Uh, And who's in custody? Nobody's in custody. So uh, because nobody saw nothing there. So so. here's a folksy anecdote check the box for local reference by the way on the delbridge thing uh, on that one greg <clears throat> so i used to take my dogs to the track at south high school and uh, and we would walk around and i'd i'd run then walk and run the walk and and they were they were leashed because uh, i don't want to be sparked with a with a ticket you know so the whole thing but when when we were at the closest end of the south high school track to the football stadium I mean, to the football field and the and the stands they they were pulling at the leash because they I, you know there was something there getting their attention, and so I get you know we walk back home two blocks and then uh, about half an hour later there's news helicopters circling South High School, and I'm like I, I say to myself self why are there news helicopters there must be news and I turn on Como when the, the, they have a helicopter again now but but um and uh the, a, a burnt a burnt human remains have been found in the stands at south high school oh burnt so the, that's what the dogs were smelling i didn't smell it i don't have that nose but uh yeah that was two blocks away and that's when i said to myself self maybe snoqualmie might be your ticket <laughs> a fun place maybe fewer burnt human remains are found in the stands there at mount si high school and that turns out to be true so I went Delridge to uh, <clears throat> way the hell away from people. Well, so you suspect this shooting in Everett had something to do with drugs? I don't know. Probably much. likely that this shooting at a homeless engagement was due to drugs. I mean, I doubt It'd be they over were, a can of tuna. No, I don't think they were arguing about a job application no. or anything of that nature. But your point is, clean up the drug problem, and you'll clean up other problems. Yeah, in this there region. wouldn't be a shooter in West Seattle on the loose, and and 
again, wild stab. They don't go far. They, you know, it's not like not like the guy is, you know, a burn notice and he's going through his list of passports and he's at SeaTac right now on his way to Moldova. No, he's probably within a block of the uh, of the croaker uh, who he croaked. Um, so there, there's that. And then and again, yeah, as you were saying, drugs. And, and you know, in my inter- I didn't talk about this last hour. And if you want to hear last hour, much is revealed. That's all I can say. Um, Gosh, that 6 a.m. hour was so good. 800-465-8770. We do reveal who stole the cheesecake. Uh, we have that information. And um, But so I, I told the folks the anecdote about going to Portland to pick up my, my freezer. Um, and, and I did have occasion um, to, to go through the, the most uh, sparked area of Portland. Um, and, and yeah, it's as described. Ever, ever, oddly enough, Ever since they decriminalized hard drugs, more people are use or possession of hard drugs for personal use. More people seem to be personally using hard drugs because there was the the usual panoply block by block in in the in what used to be the really cool Powell's Book area of of uh, Portland. Yes, there there were penciless people shooting fentanyl into their thighs and into whatever vein they could find, and then they were covering them with duct tape. Because that's what they do, and that's what our bike thief here <laughs> did last week, and and um, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it was crappy. The the thing as I'm driving away with a single tear running down my cheek for for the the brilliance that used to be Portland, um, I realized the fact that I wasn't that shocked w- was the, the depressing part. What's the name of that bridge that when you cross over from Washington into Oregon, it says, welcome to Oregon. It goes over the Columbia, right? Yeah, I forgot. It was built like in 1909. I don't trust it. Um, (laughs) My God. But did you see along with the sign that says, welcome to Oregon now, it's been supplemented by like a speaker. It has some audio that shoots out like a welcome message and it says, we are still smelling a lot of drugs in the air. That's the new greeting as you arrive into the Portland area. Yeah, I roll my window down as you as you come past the uh, entering Seattle sign on northbound I five. If you if folks, if you're slow down and listen, get in the far right lane. When you see the sign that says "Welcome to Seattle," uh, have the windows rolled rolled down. Anybody got a lock So that's on there. See who didn't see that coming? Come on, seriously. Back in a second with uh, everything you need to know about basing your nation's economy on Bitcoin. Uh, AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here. Let's get you to work with the right-way traffic. I want it all, and I want it now. Know-it-all, first thing. Hey, it's time for Know-it-all, AM 770 KTTH, Brian Suits here with producer Greg. Everything you need to know to win your Tuesday on on this case. Um, and uh, there are primaries happening around the country. None of them affect us. So there's that. And that's 0.5. That's not quite a first thing. Uh, first thing, the January 6th committee will hold its fourth public hearing today. And I don't know what the viewership is. I'm not sure that uh, I, I keep seeing over the weekend as I'm dipping into various cable news that uh, it's doing well for one channel. That's that's compared to what they normally have. They're normally in the complete pooper. And uh, there's a, there's another channel that's not uh, airing them, um, and so anyone who wants to see it, you have to go to this one channel that normally is in the complete crapper during uh, daytime. The, so there's that. the The momentum shift or the momentum that I got this weekend in I I think I'm one of four people that watch any of the Sunday news uh, shows. <clears throat> um, 
is sort of the political decision that they want is that the, the pressure is they want a charge sheet given to the Department of Justice. And you're seeing this tango where where the core Democrats, the ones who think that you can beat inflation right now by ponying up for a Tesla. No, really, including from the president on down. They're the ones that want to see Trump charged and they they want to see by the end of summer this committee hand something to the Department of Justice and them actually um, look into this. And this is not going to affect donations for 2022. This is 2023 stuff. They, they want to get Trump off the off the schneid for running for president or something. Well, and the latest with this in terms of Trump's reaction to the January 6th hearing is that he's now kind of flipped and uh, he's angry at McCarthy for not putting more Republicans on this committee because initially it was, well, we don't want anybody from the GOP on this thing because it's going to be a big charade. But ironically, what's happened now is that you just have a single voice that's able to constantly talk about how bad Trump was in all this. And he's going, uh, I'm voiceless. You know, I'm not on Twitter. I'm on, you know, Truth Social or whatever I have. Uh, but he's uh, upset and concerned that well, there's no GOP people pushing back on the narrative coming out of the Of course, uh, the two people that know for sure they're not going to be reelected um, are Liz Cheney and, and Kinsinger. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. So there's that because Nancy Pelosi went to them. If 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 Kevin McCarthy had said, "Hey, uh, all right, here's a third name. Here's Jim Jordan," you know, Mister Sleeve roll up, you you know, uh, and a uh, uh, great mind, great interrogator, you know, the whole thing. Pelosi would have run, and she would have melted at the name Jim Jordan. He wouldn't have been on the committee. I mean, this you know, if you don't see this is a stacked deck. You know, if you don't see this as the team that plays the Globetrotters, that, that's what being that's what owning the house uh, allows you. So so that's why, you know, Pelosi wouldn't have uh, said uh, uh, or even repeated the name. And Trump I, spoke at the free faith and freedom conference where he continued to rip on Mike Pence, said he lacked the courage to do what was right. So it doesn't appear that Trump's mind is being changed no. over any of this. I actually you know, believe uh, Pence was heroic in his actions on January 6th. And then elsewhere, Trump spoke about uh, the Biden fall on the bicycle from over the weekend. And look, hand it to Trump, love him or hate him. This is kind of humorous. As you know, he fell off his bicycle today. No, I'm serious. I hope he's okay. Fell off a bicycle. I make this pledge to you today. I will never, ever ride a bicycle. There you go. That's that's a, the quick answer. I mean, and that's fact check true. If I were if I were Biden, I would be I would be asking my people. Who left the toe clips on? I mean, you know, when you're nine, you get your feet cut in those. It's just that it's comical when it's him because it just makes a fi- it puts a fine point on the fact that he's so old. Well, and it was right in front of like a, a dozen members of the media. <laughs> I know. Like, hey, how you guys do whoop? And he just, what, he would stop me. It wasn't like he crossed it up and, whoa, went into a pond. That would have been wacky. No, he just fell sideways. Uh, all right, thing two. Second thing. Um, well, so you see, when Republicans do it, it's an insurrection. But any if a, uh, a comic nighttime late night uh, host staff gets arrested in the Capitol or the Capitol office building, uh, you see that you should minimize that because that's that's not disrespecting uh, DC cops. 
The Capitol Police were just doing their job. My staff was just doing their job. Everyone was very professional. Everyone was very calm. My staffers were detained, processed, and released. A very unpleasant experience for my staff. A lot of paperwork for the Capitol Police, but a fairly simple story. Until... Anyway, he puts up a New Year. That's Stephen Colbert. If you don't know, his uh, uh, staff were trying to interview different uh, Democrats about the January 6th uh, committee. But it wasn't them. It was the guy that does Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, which, I, by the way, news to me, that bit is still around. It's easily 20 years. For right? you to poop on? Two, two decades for me to poop on. Um, and, uh, it, it just feels like it's run its course. And even, uh, Colbert says here at the end that it, it's kind of a lame beaten bit. Appropriation of an old Conan bit. <laughs> now, it is pretty- he's going to, these are the various charges. Insurrection involves disrupting the lawful actions of Congress and howling for the blood of elected leaders all to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. This was first degree puppetry. <laughs> This is uh, trespass is trespass, man. There's 980 people who who are uh, going to be in front of various federal magistrates and U.S. district courts about trespassing in the Capitol, but make jokes about it. So he did. And that's his job, which is why you shouldn't uh, take your political advice from late night comics. But that's the, the daily show effect going on two decades uh, plus. And Colbert, it's funny, all the comics that metastasized out of the daily show are, are barking liberals, except for Rob Riggle. You know, you know who Rob Riggle is? Yes, I believe the so. The big, big guy. Um, for, you know, he was in The Hangover, and, you know, and, and he has uh, the, the Putt-Putt Golf, you know, NBC show. Um, and a really funny guy, very conservative guy, super conservative guy, Marine Corps, uh, Marine Reserve officer. Um, he just made a lieutenant colonel a couple of years ago. But for me to poop on. And he's, he's the one guy that, that was in the Daily Show orbit that uh, uh, spun off onto his own. I think he's a hilarious comic actor and an old thing, but he's the only guy who's, uh, who is conservative. Um, and, and now he's, he's playing the very, very, uh, you know, the minefield of Hollywood. Because everyone knows he's a conservative. It's just that the guy puts butts in seats. He's funny. He gets viewers. And money is uh, what it's all about. Um, all right, third thing. Third thing. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't follow the golf, but uh, Brooks Kepka is apparently a golfer of uh, some note, won some uh, tournaments and all that. Well, he's the latest who has joined the Dismemberment Saudi Golf League, the 54 League. The live four-time major champion, Brooks Kepka, the latest golfer to defect from the PGA Tour to to the uh, the, the live. Yeah, the and I wonder 54. why that could be, because, you know, if anyone looks at his U.S. Open results from over the weekend, he finished at... Plus 12. Mm, well, Ouch. Well. <laughs> so, hmm, I'm starting to suck over here. Maybe there's someone who'd like to pay me 100 Way to 200 more million. to suck. <laughs> to yes. Suck. Uh, I, he was on, I don't, I don't know if you, you uh, have ever seen it, but the Pat McAfee show. A guy used to be in Indianapolis. I Cole, have seen that show. Uh-huh. And over the weekend, and I'll get the audio, uh, he was interviewing Charles Barkley, and they were talking about the great schism between the PGA and the Dismemberment League. And... Uh, I, I but the audio is kind of reverby, and I do a pretty good Charles Barkley. But Barkley effectively said uh, that, "Oh, for for two hundred million dollars, I'll kill a relative too." And <laughs> it was kind. You know, this is where the guy cuts through the clutter. He's he's being dead honest. You know, Phil Mickelson's not going to say that. 
you know, yeah, I yes, I took the money of the 54 league, and I, I asked um, um, Prince Mohammed bin Salman if I could borrow his bone saw, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, lost in the entire kerfuffle is that the Turks have live audio. They knew it was going to happen, and they let it happen. It, it, it happened in the Saudi consulate, not the embassy in Ankara, which is Saudi territory, happened in the consulate in Istanbul. The, the Turks had it absolutely wired. They, they, knew, they knew it was going to happen, and they didn't stop it. So always remember that about any high horse anyone gets on. Um, and by the way, they did inform the U.S. Because what would be the point of not doing it? But so there's that. Uh, AM 770 KTTH, let's get you to work with our right-way traffic. Um, 770 KTKH Brian Suits here, and didn't they use Credence in Tropic Thunder? Ben Stiller was in, he's a star and direct writer of I know this Tropic song Thunder. makes an appearance in the film Forrest Gump as Forrest is going over to Vietnam. Like every famous Vietnam movie, and, and, and Tropic Thunder is a comedy about guys making a Vietnam movie. <laughs> right. So it's, it's uh, in, I think it's in the movie. But so I saw Fogarty on Saturday night at Chateau Saint-Michel in Woodenville. And Did he what? bring up Tropic Thunder? He didn't bring up Tropic Thunder, but he played that song. And my gosh, Brian, he has so many hits oh, in I his know. catalog. I knew at least 16 of the songs he brought it. What a great entertainer. And I will say this about John Fogarty. As someone Welcome, who, hippies. <laughs> who, someone Hello, who hippies. loves rock, rock? And, and rock history. He did play Woodstock. Most singers' voices go from something like early on in their career, they sound like this. My gift is my song. And then they age 40 years and they sound like... My gift is my yeah. song. Fogarty still he started has it, that though. Way. He started gravelly. Fogarty's voice is still high. Like, he's still nailing all those notes. It doesn't sound like he's aged a day, and he's a killer guitar player. So if you get the <clears> chance <throat> to see Fogarty, I, I would recommend it. Here's the, the most uh, iconic scene from Tropic Thunder right what here. What is that? Hmm? On your ear. Ear? No, your left ear. Is that... Is that a hair gel? It turns out to be hair gel. <laughs> I'd say 18% of our listeners get that reference. And for the others, uh, we can't well, describe I, what I, that scene I is. set it up. That's the most, uh, that's the funny, the most iconic scene from Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay. Um, uh, here is Charles Barkley. Just to get this out of the way before we talk about the wisdom of uh, basing your country's currency on Bitcoin. Um, so there's a show, Pat McAfee Show, and uh, it's a podcast, and he's a former. Uh, Indianapolis Colt, former NFL dude, and he gets and he's a fairly funny guy. I'd mic him a little better. It's it's a video, a live video thing that it goes to podcasts. Anyway, so they have Charles Barkley on talking about the the big schism. Talk about first, not just first world, but first world ten percent problems of people who watch the PGA and see the the dispute between the Saudi backed fifty four league or LIV league. Because they dismember people. Um, because as it turns out, the country's acting their best interests. And if you don't know that before you get in bed with Saudi Arabia, you may get a nasty horse out of a surprise. Uh, so anyway, Charles Barkley says, look, for 200 million bucks, I'd kill a relative. Then they go laughter, laughter, laughter. Then he doubles down, just because I don't think it's mic very well. He says, uh, he talked about Mickelson got 200 million. Justin, what's his name, got 150 million. And he says he would kill a relative even when he liked. Listen, 
If somebody gave me two hundred million dollars, I'd kill a relative. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm not sure we can do anything. And the guffaw and guffaw and guffaw. That's what you do in uh, sports talk. And then he doubles down. How do you chuck? Hey, I'm serious. Hey, they said uh, <laughs> Phil Mixon got two hundred million dollars, and Justin Johnson got one hundred fifty million dollars. Hey. For $150 million, I'll kill a relative, even one I like. <laughs> That's terrible. Listen. So- if somebody oh, gave man, me two 200- um so uh, there there you go. That's that's the the refer- and the reason I mentioned this because as we had there no at all. Thing three was that uh, now Brooks Kepka is the latest professional golfer to go somewhere where he may make more money. The latest defector. So there's that. And here's the thing they don't have to set foot in Saudi Arabia where they might be dismembered. Or mm-hmm. or even even Istanbul. Uh, all all the uh all of the L I V golf league uh, things are are in the first world. Um, but the next one, by the way, you know where the next one is? No, Portland. Oh, the next live the golf next LIV Portland uh, tournament is in Portland. All right, I'm getting my protest sign ready. So um, no to the dismemberment golf league. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my bones already. No, I mean as I, as I say, it's ugly, but it's real politic. You know. Um, Countries ask, act in their best. I should say, royal families act, act in their best interest. It's an exercise in sports washing by the Saudi regime. It, it, it is, and they do this in other areas too, and in other industries. And the whole point is, hey, we do some really horrible things over here with human rights and suppression of free speech and dismemberment and killing people for nonviolent crimes. But look, we like art and sports and all this Western stuff that you like too. So please normalize uh, our relations and continue to, you know, be good sports about this whole thing. And we're it. Would it P- soften Putin the tried blow? Tried to do the same thing. Does Dare it, I make a comparison, Brian? Does, does it soften the blow when I tell you that Jamal Khashoggi was on a first name basis with Bin Laden? No, I, I don't have any, you know, uh, illusions. Go to Charles Barkley. $100 million, about... and Dustin Johnson got $150 million. Hey, for $150 million, I'd kill a relative, even one I like. Well, there you go. It's, see, he's making a joke of it, and I get the joke, but Brian, it begs the question, how much would you make a Faustian bargain for? I mean, seriously, how much? Uh, $200 million. Uh, $200 million. See, million. I wouldn't do it. Like there are lots of ways to sell your soul in this world for lots of money or little amounts of money, and you have to decide with yourself early on in life. I am not for sale. My by, principles, by way, my worldview, my faith—it's not for one sale. Of, one of the reasons that I have extraordinary respect for Bush forty-one. Mm-hmm. A little known fun fact: no, nobody knows this in the U.S. <clears throat> um, the Emir of Kuwait, who was uh, riding out the occupation of his country in 1990 in Monte Carlo, um, and the king of Saudi Arabia, they paid British soldiers a thousand bucks a month, and the UK took the money. He offered Bush, they, the, the, uh, the Emir and the king of Saudi Arabia, the Emir of Kuwait, of poor, poor, you know, occupied Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the king of Saudi Arabia offered that to Bush, and Bush said, no, not going to take it. Not going to do it. Shove up your butt. Not going to do it. No, he said, uh, we're not mercenaries. And and meanwhile, on the ground, we're like, you burnt the rum? Why'd you burn the rum? Wait, what? We, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, ultimately, now, today, years later, you know, I'm looking back and I'm saying that was a principled stance. 
by George W. Bush. There, that this will not stand. This uh, line of evil, and you know the whole thing. He said no, and I mean, and if if the guy had not gone to war himself and been shot up and shot down, and and the whole thing. He maybe wouldn't have wouldn't have had the credibility, but he had extraordinary gravitas, and they didn't hide that. When we you know, cause we're interacting with the Brits, and they're like, "What? You're not getting a thousand dollar extra a month, you know, to be here?" And it, it, it at the time it pissed us off because it was tax free. If you're if you're deployed to a combat zone, it's tax free. But anyway, um, when are we on the air? How are we on the air now? Uh, all right. Um, when we come back, uh, yeah, the uh, Austin American Statesman, Austin, Texas. Um, has gotten a hold of transcripts and uh, footage from inside Rob Elementary School now coming on a month ago. And it's it, it, the results uh, the, aren't good. Turns out n- none of the first story, none of the second story, even the third story, um, holds water when you actually look at the, the timeline and the photos. Yes, there were ballistic shields in there. Um, so uh, anonymous cops who were there are, have, have had it up to here with the official story. Uh, back in a second, AM 770 KTGH. Um, 770KTTH, Brian Sincere, producer, producer Greg, breaking news at the Supreme Court, not uh, the Roe v. Wade decision, but the case in regards to the ban on government money for religious school tuition, that's been struck down. Going to be honest with you, uh, this one was not on my radar, but uh, so, so... It appears like it's good news for those that are in favor of school choice, though. Yeah, no, that's that's great. More more charter and more, um, you know, it's it's fun. I, I know someone who, who sent uh, his two, uh, uh, a Jewish chap, sent both of his daughters to Catholic school because it was cheaper and it was as good as the very high-in-demand Jewish private schools in this particular area. And it was like, uh, I just want a good school. And, uh, yeah, yay school choice. Corey DeAngelis, who's national director of research of school choice now and an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. I've actually interviewed him before. He summarized the ruling. Oh, he's terrific. He's great. Uh, Just moments ago, he wrote breaking U.S. Supreme Court ruled a six to three decision that preventing school choice families from taking their children's taxpayer funded education dollars to religious private schools violated the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. That's your summary. So that's not because I mean, uh, you know, whether you go to a uh, a a mosque, a synagogue, or a church, the fact that religion is tax free is already the government subsidizing religion. So just kind of get over that. So that so that means we're 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 people. Uh, what what government money were they taking to offset tuition or whatever and taking it to religious schools? That's a good question, and I'm not sure where the case emanated from, oh, which state. I think it's a vic- on that. victory for parents. That's all I Agreed. can say. Yeah, you and, know. and a victory for parents like me who prefer an alternative to the public school system. <laughs> yeah, a- a- absolutely. And especially when you're painted into a corner by crappy public schools and your your only alternative is a Catholic school down the street or you know, whatever. Um, meanwhile, in other in in other uh, free countries, this this is what's great. This is not even on American radar. If 
if a woman went to a Seattle public pool, um, and that is one that's open this summer, um, in a religious garment to go swimming, because certain religions have very modest requirements of, of uh, men and women when they're in public to, to bathe and, and all that. In France, they have the so-called burkini, which is the burqa. And, you know, I always make the joke about, uh, hey, I'll see you on wet burqa night. But there is a thing. There, there's, a, there's a swimming version of the burqa. And, like, not, not, you know, no skin off my nose. If someone wants to go to the beach or a public pool, a, a public beach or a public pool in a, in a religious garment, like, what do I care? Well, not in France. The French Supreme Court just upholded, uh, upheld the ban on the burkini swimsuit in uh, the city of Grenoble's uh, public public pools. It's like, what business is it of anybody's? Isn't yeah, that I don't crazy? understand that at all. I'm really surprised that was upheld. Uh, well, that's France. They they have they their their you know their new thing is like you can't wear a burqa to French public schools and all thing. Top, top French court on Tuesday blocked a bid to allow the burkini at municipal pools. They blocked it, upholding a government challenge. And this and this is funny. Th- this is something that's just not even on American radar, that, that is extremely common in Seattle public, public schools to have a teacher wearing a hijab um, or a student wearing hijab and maybe a full burqa uh, or, or whatever. It doesn't bat. No one bats an eye. Way different climate in France, where you have a gigantic, uh, now on their fourth generation, population of Tunisians and Algerian and Moroccan French citizens uh, who, uh, you know, follow their religion. And uh, so so anyway, here in the U.S., we'll get more on that uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, NBC uh, sat down, Keir Simmons sat down with the spokes reptile for the Kremlin, um, uh, Dmitry Peskov, <clears throat> uh, asking about the the two Americans. And there's proof of life, these two guys, uh, Durkee uh, and Wynn. Both from Alabama, and uh, they're they're alive. One, they both made statements, the uh, Russian prompted statements. Uh, the the one guy said, "I am against war," and uh, and all this. Anyway, Keir Simmons asked about their their fate as uh, they're looking at two UK citizens who were members of the Ukrainian military, and in fact, both Ukrainian citizens who were captured at Mariupol, being sentenced to death. Uh, but anyway, so asking about these uh, two Americans here. The Kremlin's first comments after two American veterans on the front lines in Ukraine were captured by pro-Russian forces. Russian television has broadcast interviews with two Americans captured in Ukraine, Alex Drukey and Andy Wen. Where are they? Uh, who is holding them? And what happens next? They're soldiers of fortune and they were involved in illegal activities on the territory of Ukraine. They were involved in firing and shelling our, our military personnel. They were endangering their life. They should be held responsible for those crimes that they have committed. In an exclusive interview, I asked Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov about the two British nationals and a Moroccan captured by separatist rebels in Ukraine, now sentenced to death. Can you guarantee that these Americans will not face the same fate? No, I cannot guarantee anything. It depends on the investigation. And we asked about another American... Be- I don't know why Keir Simmons feels the need to yell during his voiceover on this, but nevertheless, 
Um, by the way, putting uh, POWs on trial is a war crime. So he's Peskov is simply by simply saying I can't guarantee they won't be executed uh, because he's incorrect. They're not the the two Americans flew there on their own dime. Um, they they were they were sworn into the Ukrainian military into the Ukrainian Foreign Legion. Uh, they uh, were given ID cards. They were fighting in uniform. They checked all the boxes. There's nothing in the law of war that says there's not a clown in Geneva that says you must be this much of a citizen. Uh, you know, to, to fight for, you know, whatever. And that's, by the way, from the Kremlin, that's imported, imported sepoys, Google it, um, imported Chechens into the country that they've illegally invaded. So, I mean, you know, gentlemen, start your hypocrisy on this one. And it's simply, I got uh, to say uh, to to Kier, maybe I have to yell into the mic. No, I cannot guarantee anything. It depends on the investigation. And we asked about another American being held in Russia, WNBA. What the hell did you think you were going to get, Kier? What other answer do you think you you were going to get? Do you think do you think Dmitry Peskov would sit there slumped in his chair, which is like the apparently that's the posture in Russia. You slump in your chair because you're just a rump. I've had it with you Westerners, and he and he. You think he's going to say? Well, uh, we're uh, treating them as POWs uh, because they have an ID card and they're in uniform and they were lawful combatants. Um, and uh, as as we will uh, with with uh, uh, we expect of our POWs in Ukrainian hands and all that. And uh, by the way, chances they're executed zero. Um, it, they're more valuable in the exchange. The the R- Russians are claiming, oh, they're not in Russian hands. They're in the. The Luhansk People's Republic's hands, the breakaway part of Ukraine, they're going to they're, they're going to wind up exchanging these guys for 200 Russian officers. That, that is the ones that that want to go back to Russia. But uh, so anyway, and the reporter went on to ask about the WNBA star Brittany Griner, to which Dmitry Peskov responded, "Well, she broke Russian law. What do you want us to do? That's why we're continuing to hold her in detention." Harumph. Um Yeah, more on that uh, next hour. Uh, also, revelations by uh, the Austin American statesman about the what really happened in Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. And if there was a way to make the uh, police response look worse, uh, they, they found a way with uh, video and transcripts. Back in a second, AM 770 KTTH.